What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 10 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown, and the plastic rat prince himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying out new names, man. Uh, try again. <laughs> you don't like that one as much as Guildmaster? No. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm just picturing Noctis, like, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> one Prince Noctis, new in shrink. <laughs> so how are you guys doing this week? Oh, I'm great. Just peachy keen. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah, I'm happy it's summer. It's a good time for gaming. Yeah. I'm uh, excited to ha- have a little bit of time off at the beginning of the month and stay inside because it's too hot to play video games. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so we're going to kick the show off the way we do every week by talking about what we're playing. Uh, I don't have too much to report, really. Um, I'm just kind of bouncing around between things right now. I got arms, which was really cool. I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um much better than I thought. Pete, you were born with arms. You didn't just I, get I, them. Well, I grew them, but now they're super long and springy, and I put boxing gloves on them or something. I don't know. The lore is not really well worked out in arms. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but uh, it's it's a ton of fun. It's way, way better than I expected it was going to be. Like, for sure. Um, you know, I was pretty confident that it was going to at least be fun because, like, what there aren't many Nintendo first-party titles that are developed by Nintendo that aren't at least quality. And um, it definitely exceeded my expectations, and I'm I'm really excited to spend more time with it and do some like local co-op. You know, like I really want to get uh, I want to get you down here to play it, Sean, because I'm really interested to see what you think about it because it's fun. Uh, it's a pretty tight game. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely down. It's like I don't ever do fighting games online, and I've been playing it online every night since I got it. Wow. I believe you. Don't get me wrong, but also I don't believe you. Play it, man. I honestly, I, I don't know. You, you're not really into fighting games, so I could see you not getting into it. But I, I would be really surprised if you play it and your reaction is anything worse than it's not for me. Yeah, no, like I, I believe you, and I believe the universal praise it's gotten. But also, I just like, I, I got nothing. I, you gotta play it. You gotta I, play it. I know I gotta play it. I want to play it. Um. It's just like one of those games where I couldn't possibly picture it being for me when it got announced. I get that. I mean, I don't know, man. I didn't I didn't see myself buying it, you know? Like, I was, like, very much like, oh, cool. Like, I'm glad this exists if this is, like, Nintendo trying to branch out or whatever. And if people like it, great. But I didn't see myself shelling out 60 bucks to pick up, you know, arms. But If it were legs, on the other hand... <laughs> that's gonna be the expansion bro but i don't know dude I, I i honestly i'm really into it like it's uh I, i'm surprised how how much its hooks are in me considering like there isn't that much to do but just like the core gameplay is a lot of fun and i'm having a lot of fun trying to like master it you know because like we've talked about it a lot like i casually enjoy fighting games but, like, the fact that I'm actually trying to, like, look up strategies and, like, learn what the best way to play is and really try to improve, I think speaks to, like, how much I'm really into it. So, the fact that you're trying to get good sun. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, I want my arms to be long enough to box with God. That's all I have to say about it. 
Is that a thing? Is that like the last boss of arms is God? Because I would be so into that game. I'd buy it yesterday. <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, yeah, the final boss is like some weird alien demon guy takes over like a... Uh, what was was the that guy from Ratchet and Clank, Andy? Captain, uh, what's his name? Oh God, um, 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 got nothing. Commander something. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but like you know, he's like this big oafish kind of like hero wrestler character who's like the main boss until you ramp up the difficulty, and then he gets like possessed by this crazy mutant thing with like six arms and beats the crap out of you. That's like that's goofy enough. I'm into it. It's good. It's good. Uh, it. I wish there was more content. Like, I, I wish that there was, like, a little bit of a story or, like, you know, like, maybe just more to the single-player stuff because there really isn't much to it other than, like, you know, play, like, the Grand Prix mode, which makes you fight, like, ten people in a row or, you know, do some of the, like, there's, like, other game modes. There's, like, a basketball mode that's, like, all about grappling instead of, like, a health bar when you have to, like, grab people and dunk them Wait, literally what? into a basket. That's That's incredible. Oh, my God. And there's like a there's like a beat the target kind of mode where it's like you're fighting across from someone you have to like hit them to like knock points away from them but like punch the targets with your arms that are across the way so like it's really cool like there's the the stuff that's there is fun the core gameplay is really good um, but it, it just feels a little content light right now and I hope that the online community stays um, around because if like in a couple weeks or months even you know I can't jump on and and play like i can't find matches consistently for like you know a few hours like i have been yeah that's gonna really hamper that experience that's a, a death sentence for a game if the community dies and it's like a multiplayer focused game that would suck but i don't i don't know if i see that happening like i don't necessarily think it's going to be a major hit but the people that are playing it are really into it right now and i think there's kind of a meta that seems to be evolving in terms of like who are the better characters to play what are the best you know arms to use and everything so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But so, as of right now, I'm really enjoying my time with it. So right now, uh, bear in mind, I know nothing about this game, and I'm going to assume Sean's in the same boat. For the most part, yeah. Favorite character, favorite arms? Um, Right now, I'm kind of bouncing back between um, Twintel, who is the, the French uh, woman who's got, like, she's got, like, hair instead of arms. Like, she's got, like, the springy okay, things on her yeah, yeah. hair things or whatever. Um, I like her character a lot. I think she's fun. She has, like, a kind of, like, time-slowing-down power that I'm really into. Uh, and then there's this other dude, I think his name is Kid Chameleon. He's, like, a weird, like, millennial, like, he streams all his live matches and stuff, and, like, he has this, like, weird, like, hockey mask kind of thing on him. Um, and I just like the way he plays. And in terms of, like, favorite arms, everyone has different ones, and you can eventually unlock them for, like, everybody okay but as of right now my favorite are i like using um either a standard arm which is just kind of a regular you know fist uh there's like a heavy one that i like that has um it's like a fist with like pointed like three or five depending on which one you're using like pointed uh tendrils that like shoot out and have hooks on them and like that's like kind of a wide like shotgun spray kind of thing but only works in close range and it's really slow and then there's another one that is Kid Chameleon's, like, main one that's, like, legit just, like, a, a octopus tentacle. And it kind of goes out, like, real far and just, like, like like whaps them. And it's cool because of the, the way that it angles. Like, you have a lot of maneuverability with it. So, like, if you're going to hit somebody and they move, you can kind of, like, angle it at the last second and get, like, a, a kind of side hit sometimes. 
So I like that because it gives you a lot of um, it gives you a lot of options if you're playing at like long range, you know, and like you're trying to keep someone away from you. Okay. Cool. 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 But uh, yeah, I'll definitely have more to talk about it in the future. I'm definitely gonna go out of my way to at least get you to play it because we live in the same town. And, and Sean, you're gonna have to come make a trip, or I'm gonna have to come to New York and we're gonna play some arms. Sounds good. <laughs> Sean, wait. Do you want to be like the millennials in the commercials and we'll go to like a park in New York City and like play with strangers until someone beats us up and steals my Switch? <laughs> no. Uh, Pete, <laughs> if you're going to be the millennials in the commercials, you have to beat a like tiny Japanese girl in a warehouse. Or like a trendy hipster girl who parties on a roof. Or a guy with a dog. I'm none of those things. <laughs> Believe in yourself, Pete. You can be a tiny Japanese girl if you want. That's the easiest of those three for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I've just been kind of doing the regular multiplayer sweep. You know, Heroes, uh, Overwatch, Pub, League, um, nothing else. So what about uh, what about you, Andy? Um, a lot of PUBG. Like a lot of uh, PUBG. And that's been fun. I won my first game, solo queue. It was great. I felt empowered. Congratulations. Yeah. That's not an easy feat. It's not. The game's fucking hard. I like. How many kills did you have? Like two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I've had games where I got like six kills and then died in the fifties, and those feel better than like two kills and winning. I think. Yeah. So how many people are in the match? Uh, ninety nine usually. Oh, it's ninety nine. Okay. Holy yep. crap! So out of ninety nine people, you were the sole survivor. Yes, sir. Wow, that's excellent. Congrats, man. Thanks. Um, it's like extreme hide-and-seek, really, is how I think of it. Right. That's cool. <laughs> with guns. Yeah, with guns. It's, yeah. It's like, if you can hide well enough, then you just have to, like, outgun a couple people at the end. Or if you're really good at shooters, I guess you could just, like, murder everyone you come across. That seems to be what happens to me every time we play squad mode, is if we survive long enough, some guy just comes along and just snipes us all, and we don't just go, where's it coming from? Where's it coming we're all dead yeah it feels about right how many people are in squad mode um still 99 but in squads of up to four what yeah that's crazy how much is this game 30 bucks wow. get it sean play it with us it's so much fun that sounds so cool i just read that the guy who made it has like a hundred million dollars now or something like that yeah dude it's blowing up you know like it, it went it, it was very much like um the trajectory of it like reminds me of kind of like minecraft where it was, like, this game where it's, like, I heard about it, like, once. And I was, like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll check it out. And then it was, like, it, within the next week, it's, like, oh, there's already its first esports tournament. It's, like, what? Like, or, like, Minecraft. It's, like, oh, yeah, it's the best-selling game right now. It's, like, what? I, like, literally, what even is it? You know? <laughs> so there's that. I played some Hollow Knight again. That game's fun. It's, um, it's hard. As most Metroidvanias are. Yeah, but, like, I keep dying right before the save points, and that's super frustrating. <laughs> yeah that's the worst it's like the platforming's not quite where i want it to be for the like tricky platforming challenge bits mm, that's frustrating it is but like it's a fun game i'd still recommend it especially because it's like 10 bucks in the steam sale sure 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 but that's it for me how about you sean so i i mean i'm doing you know the same old thing for the most part um in world of warcraft uh mythic mode was just released for the latest uh, raid tier so we went in there this week we did fairly well we got two bosses of nine 
Uh, for some context, the top four guilds in the world have seven of nine on Mythic. So that's like, those are the guys who play 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, so, you know, we're not anything close to that. We're three hours a night, three <laughs> nights a week. So um, two bosses. So it's been, you know, it's been fun. Um, and uh, outside of that, you know, Heroes of the Storm, still still enjoying that. Trying to branch out, play some new characters. Uh, recently found that I really like Raynor, who I'd never played before. Uh, and then other than that, I, I've, I've been obsessed with this game that I've been playing for probably about 24 years of my life now or something like that. It's called uh, The Adventures of Batman and Robin on uh, (laughs) Sega Genesis. Yeah, Uh, I've beaten this game a handful of times. It is extremely hard, uh, but it's just one of those games that I go back to over and over again. So I I put down Donkey Kong Country 2, and I put down Zelda, which has been put down for about... two months now and now i'm just playing ever going back to zelda i will i will it, it'll it'll happen uh so that's pretty much my week in gaming cool cool all right guys so that's what we're playing this week but before we jump into the rest of the show let me tell you where you can connect with the video game pals online so if you want to get in touch with us on social media you can follow our sister show at the comics pals on twitter and instagram or you can send us your thoughts and questions to the comics pals at gmail.com and we'll read them on the air So if you're an audio listener, we would greatly appreciate it if you like the track on your platform of choice uh, or drop us a rating over on iTunes where we are currently a five-star rated podcast, something of which we are very proud. Uh, And if you're listening over on YouTube, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And as always, the most important thing you guys can do is to share the show and uh, let your pals know that we're out here so they can become our pals too. I just want to say I'm not that proud of being a five-star rated podcast. If we were really good, we'd be a six-star podcast. Help us get there. (laughs) All right, so with all that out of the way, before we jump into the news, let's play another round of Buy or Sell. So if you guys want to play along at home, you guys can let us know uh, your answers in the comment section below. Or again, you can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. This plays into our main topic. So Buy or Sell on games based on Marvel properties or games based on DC properties. (sighs) Is this games that already exist or future games being made? Both. Oh, well, games that already exist, Marvel, easy. Uh, really? Yeah, without question. Other than the Arkham games, you got nothing. Um, I feel see, the same way, though. Like, I, I, opposite, though. Yep. Mm, I don't know, because for for my money, in terms of my enjoyment, there have been so many Marvel games that I've enjoyed throughout the years. Uh, you're talking about the original Spider-Man for the PlayStation uh, that's a really True. enjoyable game, and then its sequel was also a lot of fun. Uh, Spider-Man Two for the PlayStation Two, I spent so much time playing that game. It's not even funny. Uh, <laughs> the the all all the different Spider-Man games that they came out with on the PS3 were serviceable. None of them were great, but you know they were fine games. Uh, and then X-Men Legends, I I've spent so much time playing x-men legends and x-men legends 2 and marvel ultimate alliance and marvel ultimate alliance 2 for that matter those were the multiplayer experiences of my sort of teenage years for the most part Mm. uh and dc has never put out anything to compete with that um you also have marvel versus capcom marvel versus capcom all the all the marvel crossover fighting games that they've done 
all super super enjoyable. Uh, for DC, I mean, you get you got um, Mortal Kombat versus DC, which is a good game. You've got the Injustice games, and you've got the Arkham games. Oh, uh, and then Batman and Robin on the Sega Genesis, Sean. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and the all-time number one greatest video game, Superman sixty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, DC literally has what some people consider to be the worst game of all time. Yeah. Yeah, Arkham Knight really did suck. <laughs> <laughs> to me, if you're talking about the the history of, of their games, it's Marvel hands down. That being said, I think that there's more potential for great games with DC properties than Marvel properties. Hmm. So I You think so? Why is that? Uh so the reason why I feel that way is because like for example, um each each of those characters has their own big expansive world that you could that you could make unique games based on green lantern has a power set that's like totally unique and there there are cool things you could do with that wonder woman has themiscira uh superman that's a no-brainer flash is a no-brainer we've already seen what great batman games look like whereas with marvel uh spider-man obviously lends himself really well to a video game i think iron man does too but then with captain america it's like okay is this just a beat-em-up um, I'm not sure what a Thor game would really look like. Uh, a lot of those characters, they feel like those games would more belong in an era that's already gone. Uh, in the sense that there's not a ton of dynamicism to what you could do with those games. At least not in a way that I'm thinking. And I could easily be wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, but I just feel like there's more meat to what DC could do. Just to sort of play devil's advocate here. You say you don't know what, like, a Thor or a Captain America game would look like, but also say that, like, The Flash would be a good game, and I'm just, like, I'm interested to see what your pitch for a good Flash game would be. I think the I think there are so many ways you can make an interesting Flash game. You can make a Flash app game that, that, that could be a ton of fun, um, just running through the city. Oh, Infinite Runner? Yeah. Uh, racing with Zoom, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but then on a console like a AAA title game, uh, the, that I think I think that that has phenomenal potential because the Flash is a character who moves so fast, right? And he has to think extremely quickly to keep up with things that are happening. And the situations that he gets put in are like, I have split seconds to make this decision. So that's where you can like slow down time and you can do. Um, uh, what are those things called? Those like the God of War press a button. Oh, quick time events. Yeah, like you can do quick time events that require you to be really, really fast pressing the buttons, um, dealing with like the the different villains like Captain Cold and Gorilla Grodd. I, I just think I think all of that could be extremely fun. Having to fight people while you're moving at at ridiculous speeds, like we've never even seen anything like that before in a video game. Okay, fair. So I'm going to I'm going to buy on Marvel based on their past, but I'll buy on DC based on the future. Is that a cop out answer? Can we accept that or do you want me to just choose one? I'll accept it, but I want you to choose just one. All right, if I have to choose just one, then I'm buying on Marvel selling on DC. Okay. What about you, Mando? All right, so I'm going to jump in on the the buy on DC, sell on Marvel side. I I love what Marvel has done and can do with games. Um, 
but I think that DC wins on the Arkham series and Injustice, which I think I prefer to the Marvel vs. Capcom games. I agree. And, Oof. like, does, does that hurt you fighting games, Sean? Oh, yeah, big time. I think the Injustice <laughs> games are really good, but they haven't produced anything that touches Marvel 2. That's true, I think, too, actually. I, I don't know. I think I like what they're trying to do more with Injustice, though. But I'm, like, casual, so. <laughs> See that eye roll? <laughs> It's okay yeah, to be yeah. casual. <laughs> Showing subtle eye roll and shrug. It's like, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's why I like MVC2, though, too, because MVC2 is unbalanced and crazy, and, like, it's way better for the casual in me. The episode title right there, it's okay to be a casual. <laughs> anyway, um, the first three Arkham games are, I think, the best comic book experience in video games. I don't know. I think it's part of it's because I like DC's universe and characters more. Sure. And that's a totally legitimate reason. Like, part of it is, I think Spider-Man looks dope, but I would rather play a good Batman game than a good Spider-Man game. Nothing mm. against Spider-Man, just I prefer Batman. I'd love to see a Superman game done right. I think so, too. I think there's a lot you could do with that yeah. IP, frankly. Um, I'd love to play Flash Team Racing. <laughs> I feel like that animal game on the PS1, it was like a bunch of like anthropomorphized animals literally just racing each other. Just do it with all Flash characters. <laughs> like... I think that would be a fun, silly, like, $20 arcade game you could get for, like, digital-only. Download a Flash Racer where you pick, like, Flash or Reverse Flash or Kid Flash. Yeah. Like, all the different Flashes, and it's just like, here's a course, go run it as fast as you can. That could be fun. Superman's DLC. You got all, like, cars moving in slow motion and shit. Something explodes, you have to run fast enough to go back in time before it explodes, because that's the thing the Flash does sometimes, right? Yeah. This seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm gonna go with Marvel as well. Uh, I agree with Andy's point about Arkham, just because, like, I think specifically Arkham and Arkham City are really, I think, the only two essential superhero games that have ever been made. I think there are plenty of other superhero games that I've enjoyed, um, but I don't think that there's any of them that really stand out as being above average. You know, um, if you don't care about the property or you're not looking at them through the lens of like nostalgia or like because they were fun because you're playing them with the right people. Uh, I think the Arkham games are probably the only objectively great superhero games that have ever been made, in my opinion. Superman 64. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's a bona fide classic. That goes without saying that transcends the superhero genre, Andy. <laughs> um, but I think when I'm looking at marvel's future it seems a lot brighter to me than than dc's and i think not because i don't think that there is um potential there but i just don't know if there's the same like plans there like everything that i've heard from marvel games from the new like the new guard that's kind of there leading that charge for what Marvel's like stake in video games is going to be moving forward. They're guys who have years and years of experience in the industry. They're people that love Marvel characters. They're thinking about a lot of really smart uh, things, I think moving forward, which we're going to talk about in the news this week. And I think if Spider-Man is the first game that we see as a result of this partnership, like the sky's the limit for what we could actually see get accomplished there. And I don't see the same initiative at DC. I see 
Rocksteady doing an amazing job with the Batman IP and then dropping the ball with Arkham Knight, and then rumors that they may or may not do another superhero game after that. That's not Batman, you know? Like, maybe it's a Justice League game, maybe it's Superman, who knows? But that seems to be their only really big plans for what they're doing with their IP. Whereas what Marvel's doing right now is more interesting to me, and I, I'm willing to bet that it'll pay big dividends uh, in the future. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, although I really have to question you saying that the Arkham games are the only essential superhero games ever, since we just talked about Marvel, um, about Marvel two, and Marvel one and Marvel three. What do you mean, Mar- versus? Oh, Capcom. oh, oh, Marvel versus Capcom. Right, right, right. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. I mean, that's totally legitimate. I think those games are amazing and like mvc2 and mvc3 are a huge part of my formative years but like i don't know like would the fighting game world be like so much less without that one franchise yeah what you think so yes wow okay (laughs) you can't ask that question on a a video game podcast marvel 2 (laughs) i'll put it like this there wouldn't be a fighting game community without Marvel 2. Because in the 2000s, when Capcom wasn't putting out fighting games anymore that anyone gave a crap about, and no other video game company was putting them out either because there just wasn't the market, Marvel 2 was one of the only games that kept people going to EVO. And that's the reason why we got the resurgence with Street Fighter 4 um, and, and everything that has come since. If it wasn't for Marvel 2, there are no more fighting games because no one would have cared. Word. All right, you schooled me then. So I guess, I mean, I picked Marvel anyway, so it's fine. I just I just <laughs> couldn't let that go. No, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I don't I don't know as much as about fighting games at all, you know, so like, please correct me. So that's going to wrap up our buy or sell for this week. So if you've got an idea for what you'd like to see us do on the next buy or sell, you can let us know in the comments below or send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Remember to do that if you want to hear your buy or sell read on the air. But that means it's time to move on to the news, the news. We're talking about the news, the news, the news. We're talking about the news. All right. So we've got five items on the news list this week, and uh, we're going to dive in with the one that I think is... Uh, one of the more meaty items on the list, which is we got the official confirmation of the Super Nintendo Classic coming from Nintendo this September 29th, retailing for $79.99. Oh yeah, it's coming with 21 games, excuse me. Um, so it's coming with a slightly smaller library than the NES Classic, um, but it's going to be 10 bucks more, which is probably because it's coming with an extra controller in the box, which was a huge complaint of the original uh, NES Mini, which is that you had to go and buy a second controller for all the two-player games. But this one, you're ready to go right out the box. Uh, the games included are going to be Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, A Link to the Past, F-Zero, Super Metroid, Street Fighter 2, Super Punch-Out, Castlevania 4, Donkey Kong Country, Mega Man X, Kirby Superstar, Final Fantasy 3, Kirby's Dream Course, Star Fox, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario RPG, Contra 3, Secret of Mana, Earthbound, and Super Ghouls and Goblins. And then the big headline to come out of this was that the last game included is going to be Star Fox 2, which um, has never actually been officially released. It's uh, widely available as a ROM. The game has been completely done since, you know, um, I forget when, but, you know, the end of the uh, Super Nintendo's life cycle. And um, for whatever reason, you know, you can go look it up if you want. I don't remember the historical context for why, but uh, it was canceled, like, right before its official release because I think the N64 was around the corner. And, um... 
So yeah, I mean, if you're not a super nerd who's like deep into emulators, you've probably never played or heard of this game. So that's really cool that they're finally going to get it out there. I think it's like a kind of an interesting way to maybe drum up a little interest in this thing as well. Um, I think it's like really cool that they not only put the game out, but they finished it. Um, they added some stuff. It was like 98, 99% done. They went and added the extra mile, went the extra mile, not added the extra mile. That's not a saying, (laughs) but like looking at this list, I love it. There's very few omissions that I think are notable. There's, there's one, I think glaring omission and it's like not even that bad. Chrono Trigger? Chrono Trigger. There's already between Secret of Man and Mario RPG, Final Fantasy VI, and Earthbound, like, a hundred hours of classic JRPG on there. So it's kind of like, I get it. Yeah, and I think I think it's the right move to, if you're going to get one of the, like, iconic Square Enix titles for the Super Nintendo, get the Final Fantasy one. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, like, you know, Chrono Trigger is super well remembered, but Final Fantasy VI is, like... It's Final you know, Fantasy. It's it's... It's right, exactly. It's Final Fantasy. It's not Chrono Trigger. Yep. This is crazy. Um, they've really swung for the fences. When I looked at this roster, I couldn't believe the games that they were putting out on this thing. I think this is phenomenal. I think some of these games are games that, you know, like need to be remembered. And some modern gamers, some younger kids have never played these. I've never played a lot of these because I didn't own a Super Nintendo. And even though I do use emulators now, um, and I've played some of these through that, there's a lot that I haven't. And I'm excited to be able to pick this up. I didn't care about the the, the NES classic that they brought out, but this one, this is a must buy. I, I don't think you I don't if you've if you've had experience with these games, I think you buy it for the nostalgia factor. And if you don't have experience with these games, I think you buy it because these are some of the best games ever made. I think you can make a reasonable argument that most of the games on this list are games. Some of these are like the best games of all time. So why would you not buy this for eighty dollars? Because you won't be able to. <laughs> well, that's I, I did read that they that they um, that they're making an effort to put out more of these and make sure that they're that they're stocked. But yes, yeah, yeah. They said that they would quote provide significantly more. <laughs> and I believe that, but I also don't think it'll be enough. Like, I think it won't be as bad, but I think it'll still be, like, it'll still be one of the hot items at Christmas. You'll still have a hard time finding it. Good. That's fine. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that's okay. I mean, I was disappointed I couldn't get my hands on the NES Classic, but, you know, if I don't get my hands on this, too, like, it's not the end of the world. It's a really cool thing I'd love to have. But if I don't, you know, like, there are other ways I can play these games. Oh, for but sure. But I think it is really cool. You know, like, to Sean's point, I think it's, like, a perfect gift for young kids who you want to expose to some of the classics. And it's a perfect nostalgic trip for people who, like, played on the real NES, you know, or the Super Nintendo in this case. Yeah, I mean, if I can get one of these, I definitely am gonna. Yeah, Cause, like, same here. Mmm, that is so much gaming. It's a great library. It'll be great to play it in HD and, like, you know, run it well yeah because it's like a nice hdmi thing like they're all optimized to play on a on a high-res television yeah um and Star Fox 2 yeah speaking of Star Fox 2 i did want to just throw this out there um Star Fox 2 is the only game on the console that will not be available from the start if you want to get it you actually have to play through uh the original i think it's just the first mission of Star Fox 1 and then you unlock it which is like weird but whatever 
just in case you pick it up and you're like, where's Star Fox 2? I, I warned you. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Nintendo and Star Fox, um, Nintendo seems to be thinking about making some anime based on their games, specifically calling out Star Fox, Pikmin, and Yoshi as titles that they might develop for. So um, last year at one of Nintendo's shareholder meetings in the summer, uh, Nintendo's president, Tatsumi Kimishima, mentioned that he would like to expand Nintendo's properties into other mediums, uh, one of which being anime. So Miyamoto came out and said that they, like, he kind of further elaborated on the ideas that they're having about making some anime based on some of their properties. So um, when asked about, like, what what is going on with their presence in animation, uh, Miyamoto replied that they want to make anime for those three properties that we talked about specifically and said that he would like to see that the finished animated products are distributed freely uh, or integrated into the games in some way. So I guess, you know, maybe that's putting them up on Nintendo's YouTube channel or, you know, actually making them available for view while you're playing the game somehow. But before before we get too excited about that, it is worth pointing out that uh, the term anime is used in Japan to mean, like, just animation. So that doesn't necessarily mean, like, a TV show or, like, an ongoing series or something like that. It could be, like, uh, a, a short or something like that. They've done shorts based on all three of these properties in the in the past, so that wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility. Um, and then it's also worth pointing out that this translation comes from somebody who was attending the investors' meeting uh, named Alex Aniel on Twitter. Uh, we'll link down to his thing if you want to go check out his tweets for, for yourself. So they're not like an official statement by Nintendo. It's this guy interpreting and translating Miyamoto's words. So it's also possible that this is misinterpreted in some way. But I thought it was interesting, and I kind of wanted to just ask you guys, like, what do you think about this? Like, would you want to see full-fledged animes based on these or any other Nintendo properties? Or do you think that it would maybe be better for them to just be, like, more akin to, like, what Overwatch or TF2 does, where it's, like, maybe short, supplemental kind of things? I think that um, short, supplemental kind of things would be great for Pikmin and Yoshi. But I think the Star Fox universe is so, like interesting and poorly explored in the games that like i would love to watch an ongoing star fox series i agree i think that could be really cool and it could maybe like revitalize the franchise yeah or if they like if nintendo put out star fox i don't know switch or something and it was done in the style of like quantum break huh yeah, that could be really cool. Yeah, like uh, a TV show episode feeds into the action of the game. Yeah, like you do um, like an on-the-rails Star Fox mission, and then when you're done, there's like an episode yeah. or like a 10-minute cutscene of anime that tells the story. Especially if like you do a, a stylized cel-shaded graphic kind of deal, so it looks like the flow or the transition is... Not seamless, but, you know... Like something akin to, like, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Like, when we were playing that, we are like, this looks like a fucking Pixar movie until it's a video game. Yeah, but that with anime. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I think um, Pikmin and Yoshi... I, I Like, I haven't played a lot of Pikmin. I know there's stuff there. Yeah, but I, I think it would be better served as, like, a animation where, like, there doesn't have to be dialogue and stuff. I yeah. think, like, something more akin to, like, a, a short would be better. Do it like old Looney Tunes shorts, you know? Like, you know these characters, and here's a, a ten-minute thing. Yeah, I think that's what they did in Pikmin 3. I never got around to playing that because it was impossible to find a copy, but um, 
I'm pretty sure it had like little animated shorts like that in there featuring those characters. So what do you think, Sean? Yeah, I, th- I think this would be really cool. Uh, Star Fox is my favorite Nintendo property other than Pokemon, which really, yeah, is really weird because most people don't care about Star Fox much. I had extremely positive experiences with Star Fox 64. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and every other Star Fox game I've played I wasn't good. I actually, I only played one other one, and it was the GameCube, one of the GameCube ones. The one with uh, the dinosaur stuff and all yeah. the, like, running around. And, yeah, yeah, I didn't care about that, um, but... I l- you can thank Miyamoto for that one. Yeah, I love the the world of Star Fox. I love those characters, and I think, like Andy said, that it's well underserved and underexplored, and there's a great I think there's a great story there. I think you could do a Star Fox movie, um, but a show I think would be phenomenal, and I would I'd watch that for sure. Um, but I think they should consider things like uh, Metroid. I think a, a Metroid show would be really great. Uh, Kirby yeah. has worked in the past. You could do a Kirby show. Kirby, 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 right back at you. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think there's there's plenty of opportunity for Nintendo to do really cool stuff with their their properties on television. I would I would love to see Metroid specifically above any other Nintendo franchise get the uh, like the Castlevania Netflix treatment that we're seeing. You know, like something like that, like very adult, like intended for older like crowd, maybe like late teens, early twenties kind of like demographic, like you know very dark, atmospheric. You know, have it be written by a woman so that Samus isn't you know ruined like team ninja did in other m uh and have it be like something like more akin to like alien you know like that kind of vibe um i think that would be fucking awesome i would love to see a metroid like full-length movie i'd be good with that too i'm not sure how i'd feel about it as like an ongoing thing that makes sense um because like i don't know i could do a, a lonely, quiet Metroid hour and a half, two hours. I don't know if I could do a... Ten like, episode, Like a ten whatever. episode yeah. season where Samus barely talks. She doesn't have to barely yeah. talk. She could talk. I, like, I don't know about that. I think I think the, the series and the tone and the world of the best Metroid games is best served by a Samus who barely talks. That's just because that's what we've experienced. I don't think that means that that's the only way it could work. I think if if they if they wrote it well, you know, other M sucks, but if they wrote it well and they developed their character in a way that was that was good, I think that you could absolutely have a a Samus who speaks, even if even if she's alone and we just hear her thoughts. You know, I think there's plenty of ways you could do something like that that could be really interesting. And she's probably the most compelling character that Nintendo has. I would really like to see them... I would like to see a Metroid show that was handled like Samurai Jack, where, like, she talks when it's appropriate. You know, like, have it be, like, large, large swaths of silence where she's out in the field or whatever, and then, like, have her talk when there needs to be story progression. You know, or, like, when she interacts with other characters that are non-violent or not aggressive. Um, So you get, like, a sense of who she is as a character, but, like, don't go out of your way... To, to have dialogue and develop her too much if you don't have to. Because I really don't think you need to. I think you could have a, a Metroid series that really succeeds in that same way of giving us a sense of who Samus is and what she stands for and then just putting her in, in, in situations that are interesting. Yeah. 
Um, any other thoughts for other series you might like to see them work on? Um, I'd love to see a gritty reboot of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> I'd love to see just a genuine reboot of that show. Just bring it back. <laughs> Paisano! <laughs> I don't know. I think I think there's uh I think there's a Super Mario Brothers movie. I think you could make a good one. A good animated feature, personally. But I don't know. Could be good. Know. It could be good. Could be good. I don't know if it ha- like if it should happen though, you know? I agree with that. Yeah. I think I think there's other franchises that are just better suited to it. Yeah, for sure. Alright, so moving right along, um, next item on the list is uh, Arcane Studios co-founder Raphael Colon... I'm so sorry. Uh, Colantonio? Colantonio? <laughs> I don't know. This is the Let part of the show where Pete gets someone's name wrong. And I got I got all the Nintendo guys right. I was so proud of myself. Anyway, uh, so Raphael is stepping down after 18 years at the studio. So... Uh, Raphael told an audience in the Spanish conference, I'm going to just call him Raphael for the rest of the article, um, told an audience at the Spanish conference game lab that he basically needed a break. He was kind of burnt out on AAA game development. Um, so he said, uh, quote, well, it's been a mixed bag of emotions because I love Arcane. I love Bethesda, and it's been 18 years of very fascinating adventures and some super hard times because, as you know, we were independent and we almost went out of business several times. The being part of a bigger group and shipping Dishonored, shipping Prey, growing into two studios, all that was awesome. Leaving this is actually a really hard choice. And then he went on to say, Right now, what I need is a true vacation. Imagine not having a vacation for 18 years, because if you go on vacation and you own a company, it's not a true vacation. You reply to emails, and when you come back, there's a pile of problems you need to catch up with. I just really need a vacation. I need to spend time with my son. I need to create music. I need to eat healthy. That will probably help me figure out what I want to do next. I don't think I'll be gone from games for forever. I love games. I don't feel like working on a new big game now. It's not something that cur- is currently appealing to me because I've done it so many times, and now I just want to think about other things. So good for him. You know, I'm, I'm sad to see him step down. Uh, I love Arcane. They're definitely one of my favorite developers. But, uh, I mean, I think AAA development's a grind, and I totally get why, you know, he needs a break after almost 20 years you know, of, of shipping games like this, like, it's time to, like, step back and take a break, I guess, right? Absolutely. Mental health is extremely important, and it's cool to see someone in that high of a position kind of say, hey, you know what, I need to take a step back and just live life and spend time with my son and, you know, create in other avenues that aren't as stressful for me. I think that's awesome, and hopefully he enjoys his vacation. Yeah, absolutely. A well-deserved rest, man. I mean, we talked about it in our games games of the last five-year uh, episode. Like, I'm a huge Dishonored fan. I can't wait to get my hands on Prey. So, uh, yeah, I hope he enjoys his time, and I'm exceeded, excited to see what he does when he comes back. You know, it sounds like he's going to be, you know, eager to get back to games after a well-deserved vacation, and hopefully maybe he'll move into the indie space or something and do something new. So, yeah, um, you know, just wanted to give him a shout-out there. So, uh, next item on the list is that Mass Effect Andromeda will not be getting single-player DLC. Uh, So, Jason Schreier uh, over at Kotaku has confirmed through a number of trusted sources close to Bioware that the uh, studio has canceled plans for their single-player DLC for Mass Effect Andromeda. So, 
uh, I'm going to read a little bit from his article here because it kind of gives all the context that we need. So if you want to go uh, check out the rest of it that we're not going to include, you can go check it out in the links below down with the rest of our news items. So Jason writes, in April, we, as we reported, Bioware scaled down its Montreal studio, whose staff had developed Mass Effect Andromeda with help from Bioware's other studios in Edmonton and Austin. The chilly reception to Andromeda led to the company's tra- or excuse me, led the company to transfer Bioware Montreal's employees to other projects, including Star Wars Battlefront II, Anthem, and the next Dragon Age. Although a small team remains in place to work on Mass Effect Andromeda's multiplayer and patch support, which isn't done yet, most of Bioware Montreal has moved on. Bioware has also shelved plans for a sequel to Mass Effect Andromeda, according to these same sources. While reporting that, that news, I had been pretty sure that Mass Effect Andromeda wouldn't be getting single-player DLC. There are a few people left at Bioware Montreal who could even work on it, but I wanted to be more confident. So over the past few weeks, I've confirmed the news with three sources familiar with the company's plans, all of whom spoke anonymously as to not jeopardize their careers. Unless Bioware decides to take some sort of drastic pivot, plans can always change. Mass Effect Andromeda will not be getting single-player DLC. And then he added... Uh, yesterday, a widely circulated Facebook post from a group claiming to be called Sinclair Networks said that it had been working on Andromeda's DLC until Bioware canceled it. But Sinclair Networks appeal appears to have been fraudulent because several Bioware employees have come forth uh, to later write on Twitter that they had never heard of this company. And they said, quote, while we can't talk about the future yet, I can def say we build our own DLC slash patches for our games, and we definitely don't hire fake companies to do so. <laughs> that comes from producer Fernando Menlo, or Mello. So this is um, probably not super surprising news, but it's news that definitely doesn't seem to have good implications for the future of Mass Effect. Well, I mean, they made, they made a game that wasn't popular, you know? It happens. Go back to the drawing board, try again. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you make a bad game. Single-player DLC is expensive to make, and if there's not the install base for it, it's not going to sell and they won't make money. So, you know, makes sense for them to not make it. Yeah, I guess on one sense I agree with that, but... I don't know, man. I think on the other hand of things, because like they're not getting rid of the multiplayer DLC, right? They're going to keep supporting the multiplayer because I guess people are playing it. But I don't know, man. I have to say, like, I feel like it might have been worth it for them to take it on the chin and support this game for the people that did like it. Because, I mean, unless their plans are to shelve Mass Effect, you know, for a while, which maybe that's not a bad idea, but... I, I don't know. I think it would be really disappointing if this is the end of Mass Effect because this game got forced out and wasn't, you know, wasn't up to snuff. It wasn't up to the name Mass Effect. I think it's I think it's um, a little presumptuous to say that it's going to get shelved because they're not supporting it DLC wise. I think if and I also think it's tough to expect a company to put out DLC if they know that it's not going to sell. I think that. You know, they've, they have to do what they have to do for the bottom line. And if they just know that they don't have the people who are going to pick it up, then it's best for them not to support it on that level. And, you know, hopefully they, they reevaluate what went wrong with this and they can look at it and go, OK, how can we make it better for the next game? You know, and, and every there is I can't think of a of a of a, a highly uh, beloved franchise that hasn't had a game that people didn't necessarily like adore you know it happens every now and then i mean i'm sure there are some franchises but it it, it does happen and I, I i don't think that this is something to really like 
overreact to too much. I don't know. I think especially because they put their C team on the game, they had to have seen this coming. Yeah, I mean, it was clear that that game was having development struggles, and I, th- you know, I think we realized that, and then thought, oh, maybe they're just pulling that Fallout thing, and they don't want to show us anything because they're really confident, and it's like, mm, nope, it was the opposite. <laughs> That's the thing, though, is you know, and like, I haven't finished the game. I I fell off of it because there was other more interesting games that came out around it. Frankly, between Horizon and Zelda, but uh, you know, I, I plan to get back to it because I didn't. I don't know, like I I didn't think it was a bad game from what I played. I enjoyed parts of it and i think it has its problems but i also think that there are things that were working there and i don't know i guess i'm a little disappointed that there won't be the opportunity for them to you know put out this dlc and have everyone come back and see all the patchwork that they've done to improve the game but also i I get it you know and i think it's probably smart for them to cancel plans for a sequel to andromeda and think about another way to bring back mass effect in the future that's probably the smart move here yeah um, but I, I hope it doesn't mean the end of Mass Effect. I think that would be really unfortunate. Mass Effect has been a top-selling franchise in the past, right? I mean, like, oh yeah. I mean, the original Mass Effect trilogy was a huge fucking deal. Yeah. So they're not gonna they're not gonna throw away millions of dollars because of one poorly received game. I can't imagine them doing that. I just wonder if between the controversy around Mass Effect three and then the controversy around this game, that if people don't feel burned. People still buy Assassin's Creed games. People still buy Call of Duty. See, Call of Duty games are good, though. Like, I, I feel like like Games Press hates Call of Duty, but there are so many casual bro shooter gamers out there that buy Call of Duty every year, and they don't give a fuck what somebody who works at Polygon or IGN no, 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 no. has to say about Call I, of Duty. I actually really have loved Call of Duty in the past. Uh, but the, like, the Call of Duty games themselves have gotten extremely repetitive and... People have turned their backs on some level on Call of Duty because it's the same thing every year. Uh, I, but of course they're going to keep making the games because they still sell pretty well. And I think you know you look at Mass Effect. You had three games that sold amazingly, and then you get one that's kind of a clunker. And you know I don't I don't think you you know I I think you you kind of go back to the drawing board and, and you uh, reevaluate. But I think you definitely bring out another another installment at some point. Yeah, I mean, if they go away for a while, I mean, like, between they have Anthem coming up, and then they're already working on the next Dragon Age game, which they've already confirmed. So, like, they have at least a solid, like, six years worth of, like, development time on other franchises before they'll even have time to think about another Mass Effect game. So, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully that's not the end, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Um, all right, so the last item on the news list here today is going to take us into our main topic, which is uh, Marvel's Mike Jones, who's one of the heads over there at Marvel Games, um, has talked about Marvel Games' future. So uh, as we already know, you know, Marvel's kind of off to a solid start coming out the gate with Insomniac working on Spider-Man, Crystal Dynamics working on a new Avengers game, and then Telltale working on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But um, Mike went and spoke with GameSpot recently and uh, had a full interview, which we'll link to below. Definitely very interesting, so it might be worth checking out if you're interested. Um, But I'm going to pull a few quotes here that I want to talk about and then use them to kind of facilitate our conversation here. So uh, it's worth pointing out multiple times throughout the interview that Mike Jones brought up The Defenders as a potential video game that might be being worked on. Um, but then he kind of went on to talk about how they decide which characters that they're going to adapt or which ones they're going to focus on. So he said, quote, 
Obviously, many of our characters have been popular over decades of publishing with over 8,000 characters, some of which have been extremely successful and some of which have been forgotten in time. There are characters like Spider-Man, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Defenders, which are all properties that have natural awareness and fan affinity. And we, are oh, and we absolutely want to make sure that we deliver on those. But I think we're also interested in plucking some characters from obscurity that you might not have heard of and making a game around them. I never would have thought that my mom could be an Ant-Man fan. She didn't even know what, Ant what an Ant-Man was until she saw the movie, and then boom, she loves it. Uh, so then from there, uh, he kind of talked a little bit about what their plans are in terms of like what their offerings are going to be software-wise outside of like major AAA console games. Um, so he said that they're kind of actively looking at virtual reality and then wants to move into like the indie and mobile space in the future. So he said, quote, we're looking at mobile and we're looking at VR. I think from a strategy and portfolio standpoint, we're making sure to get our hands or to get our big behemoths set up first. We have our live service games, mobile games and big console games. But once all those temples are established, I think our next step would be to create smaller, interesting indie made games. I'm not announcing a new game, but as an example, Scotty Young's artwork, who, just as an aside, if you're not familiar, Scotty Young was famous for doing a bunch of really, like, uh, cartoony, like, kid-ish versions of, like, different Marvel, like, alternate covers. He worked on a Rocket Raccoon title for a while. Um, so he said Scotty Young's artwork would be a perfect match for, like, a fun indie game. Uh, and then finally, Jones was talking about how, like, directly involved Marvel is with its developers. So he used Spider-Man, which is being worked on by Insomniac, as we mentioned, as an example, saying, uh, quote, with the Spider-Man game, we can talk a lot about how he is not a, we talk a lot about how he is not a brawler. He's an acrobatic improviser. He has mobility, super strength, tech, and webs. There's like a whole complex ecosystem of mechanics and things to draw upon. The combat and storytelling that happens in the game's action and the scale of it was really important to us. It's one of the reasons that we chose that mission for the Sony press conference. It steadily builds in scale, and we also want to show some stealth combat, open-world web-slinging parkour, and a bit of spectacle. It was a sampler of everything we give people to give every, or excuse me, to give people a clear idea of what this experience is going to be. We're luckily about ten minutes down the road from Insomniac, so we go there two to three times a week to look at gameplay, cinematics, and story. We're invested in collaborating very closely on that game. So. I wanted to just kind of use this as a jumping off point to talk about what we think about Marvel games, uh, what do we think about these games that we've heard about, and then based on on this conversation, what are some of the like games you'd like to see in the future? You know, like what indie developers would you like to see Marvel team up with? You know, what properties do you think they might work on? What uh, virtual reality experiences do you think might work for for some of these characters? So, I know we talked a little bit earlier that you guys thought that there's a bit of a, a struggle there where that a lot of these characters, you know, seem suited to kind of like third person action, beat them up, that kind of stuff. And, you know, not much else, but it looks like they're definitely thinking outside that box. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like, that's how I saw it. Right. Um, I would love to see them break that mold and, and prove me wrong. Cause that would be really, really cool. Um, I think, so they've, they've been trying to do better over the last few years because prior to that there it was just very slim pickings for marvel games in the mid to late 2000s you had a string of crappy sega marvel games that i'm so glad were were over um i i mentioned on like the first episode or whatever that i got that iron man game that was absolutely awful yeah <laughs> as a gift um uh so you know 
I'm I'm happy that they're trying now to put out AAA games. They're not sticking to just the the, the uh, mobile games like they had Marvel Avengers Alliance, which you know I enjoyed a lot, um, and and different things like that. Future Fight. I want to be able to play Marvel games and with Marvel characters on my PlayStation. That's what I want. So uh, the idea of a Defenders game, for example, that sounds absolutely awesome. Uh, that that I imagine as like a like that Scott Pilgrim game where it was a side scroller where you you know like a beat 'em up. I would love to play. Yeah, that. like um, like Double Dragon or something. Yeah, like like Streets of Rage. I could totally see them doing a, a very high quality uh, Defenders game like that. Um, yeah, you know, and there's other ways you could do a game like that, but that's just what came to my mind. Uh, I think that I I think that superhero games need to be more high profile. We've got the movies that are that have dominated um, the box offices. I don't understand why it's taken so long to get the games up to par. It's really kind of weird, actually. That for that for the release of the Avengers film and Avengers Two, the only game you could really play was Marvel Avengers Alliance or Marvel Heroes, and there really should be more than that. So I'm glad that Marvel's taking it seriously now. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, it, it seems very akin to how they ultimately ended up handling their movies, right? Where it's like, for the longest time, they were just kind of selling the rights to their characters to whoever the highest bidder was, and they weren't involved, and whatever game got farted out with one of their characters' names on it, that was the game. And now, like, they're taking the rights back to their own hands, they are you know, contracting people or licensing it out for one game at a time or making partnerships with people. And it just seems like they're trying to, like, really get the right talent at the head, like they needed Kevin Feige at the top of, you know, Marvel's cinematic offerings to kind of lead the charge and pick the right talent. And, you know, oh, Insomniac's really good at making, like, lively, bombastic open-world games. They could make a Spider-Man game. Crystal Dynamics is really good at making third-person action games. They should make an Avengers game. Okay, great. Perfect fits. I would love to see, like... Marvel branch out and do like weirder, more experimental stuff. Like, I, like what? Um, you ever play? God, I forget what they're called, but like City of, not City of Heroes. Um, there was like a, a series of superhero RTSs that were like super cartoony. I would, hmm. I would love a like a Shield RTS. You're, like, deploying your superheroes huh. as your hero units. You put, like, troops on the ground to fight the, you know, Chitari or whatever Loki's aliens were at the end of the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, that could be really cool. Yeah, like, the there could be, like, Skrull armies, Kree armies. Yeah, like, that would be... Like, I don't play RTS games. I would play the shit out of that. Um, it's a good idea. Yeah. But, like, that's the kind of thing where it's just niche enough that I don't think we'll see it. I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Because, like, I honestly think, like, the way that it sounds, like, it sounds like they're interested in hitting multiple markets. Yeah. And, like, RTSs are small and niche, but, like, they sell. Like, there's a community out there that plays them. And it's, Thompson was here. He'd probably be jizzing his pants. You kidding me? That's true. <laughs> Somewhere in Michigan, Thompson has a boner and doesn't know why. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to say at the top that Thompson's not with us because he's on vacation. My bad. Yeah. He's in Michigan. <laughs> He'll be back next week. Um, yeah, I think that could really work. Why not? 
just like I'd love to see that kind of stuff, you know, like the weird stuff like Marvel versus Capcom or like the X-Men Legends, which grew into Ultimate Alliance. Like that's a game that doesn't really have a equivalent anywhere else. It's like, oh, you mean like a um, like a Marvel Ultimate Alliance sequel, like a kind of like top down beat em up, like a top down beat em up RPG, though. Like, yeah, it's like Diablo, but kind of different. They have Marvel Heroes already. Yeah, Marvel Heroes is just Marvel Diablo. Yeah. Right. Like, but like Marvel a little more arcadey Diablo. Yeah, something that's meant for couch co-op, not online play. X-Men Destiny, but good. That would be mine. Like, that would be my number one, honestly, is like, I think I said this on a previous episode, but I would love to see BioWare make an X-Men game. You know? Like, that's just all about you're a new X-Men and you either, like, literally that game, but good. You know, you either join the Brotherhood of Mutants or you join the, you, you go to the X-Mansion. Or maybe they just make you be an X-Man. That's fine. You know, like, I would be okay with that. And, you know, you pick your powers or whatever, you know, you build out like that in, like, an RPG way. You have to pick, like, a tree and then you develop your mutant abilities from there. Um, and just have it be really focused on, like who's your squad and who are the X-Men or the Brotherhood mutants that you connect with and all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be awesome. You know, like there's such a, that's such an easy RPG right there. You know, like it's, it's built in to the DNA of the property. Oh yeah. And like, here's a pitch. Iron Man Metroidvania. Yeah. I don't know like who Iron Man's bad guys are right now. Like Mandarin, but like (laughs) that's, you know, old timey racist and we're trying to get away from it. But like, Somebody, like, beats Iron Man, throws him in a prison, like... Mandarin. Mandarin. Ooh. Marvel has the rights. Doom beats Iron Man and locks him in a castle. The suit's broken. And, like, that's how you get the Metroidvania oh. power progression is, like... Yeah, you have to, like, rebuild your suit? That'd yeah, be cool. you rebuild your suit. And, like, you could do it as a as an indie game. You could do it as, like, a real ambitious AAA kind of game if you wanted. But you could start with, like, that fight against Doom where you have the full power set. And that's the tutorial on, like, how to move and do stuff. And, like, it gives you that taste of what you're going to be at the end of the game. What was that? What was that Metroid, like, spiritual successor that came out? Axiom Verge. Get those guys to do it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Or that guy. That might have been only one guy. I don't know. That'd be cool, though. I'd be, I'd be into that. Me, too. That'd be, that'd be tight. I, I, It's hard for me to, like, I'm trying to think outside of just, like, my, like, what are the kinds of games that I like, you know? Because, like, I keep coming back to, like, oh, I want an RPG. Like, <laughs> I want a story-driven RPG with choices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think an open-world, like... I think an open world Avengers game could be really cool. Like if that's what Crystal's doing, like I think it'd be really cool to be able to play as like Iron Man or the Hulk in like first person, just because like the way that they move. Yeah, you know, like flying around in the Iron Man's that would be a great VR experience. You know, if you want like Iron Man flight suit thing, and it was like you're in the Iron Man suit and you're flying around like you know during the alien invasion from avengers or something like that you know and it's literally just like uh you're in the suit you have the two playstation move or whatever controllers and when you push the button you shoot a repulsor blast you know and you steer by like turning your head like that could be really cool yeah. i'd fuck with that yeah 
this is fun. Just like spitballing. Marvel, hire us. We'll be your idea, guys. And we had we had fun doing it last week. Yeah. You know, with like the unexplored genre. So I was like, fuck it. Let's do that again. Like Marvel set me up for it this week like, with uh, Mike Jones. So. Like we could switch our meat and potatoes to just like spitball. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we just pitch video games. <laughs> Ooh, I got one. Hmm. What's that? Arcane's X-Men as either like a co-op dishonored where everybody plays a different x-man or a a slower dishonored where you switch back and forth across like a party of four to set up your things like you teleport nightcrawler into position to knock out the one guard but then you have like cyclops run up and blast the door so he runs past nightcrawler that'd be really cool. see you guys keep saying x-men when what you should be saying is inhumans shut up no <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in a world where Marvel games isn't beholden to that, like, issue. Because if we're going down that route, like, a game I would love to see is, um... I don't know if you guys have ever heard it, but there was an X-Men Origins Wolverine game that was made by one of the studios that got absorbed into the, like, Call of Duty, like, train. I don't remember what they were. awesome. Yeah, Yeah. like, from a a gameplay perspective. Like, it was a crazy cool action game. It was, like, you'd get shot, and you'd see, like, Wolverine regenerating and everything, and, like, you're, like, tearing people up, and it was, like, super bloody and visceral, and, like, that would be fucking sick. Like, if we got another game like that, that was, like, um, something like Devil May Cry, you know, where it's, like, a hack-and-slash game, but, like, that has a high skill cap, you know, and it's, like, about combos, and, like, if you're not, like, killing enough people, you get overwhelmed really easily and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see a, a Captain America game in, in the vein of, uh, the Arkham series. I think, I think there's a really cool Captain America game you could make there. He's got just enough villains to make a game like that work. There are some really cool, uh, gameplay mechanics you could introduce with the shield that I don't, I don't think we've ever really seen the shield used well at all in a video game so i think that's something you could absolutely do that could be fun in vr too that could be very fun in vr yeah you know like you have to like angle and catch the shield when you throw it and stuff like that would be pretty neat yeah um i i just feel like i feel like a lot of their characters you know like you guys are thinking outside the box right now and i think if you if you do sit down and you think well how can you use doctor strange you know what kind of unique gameplay experience that we've never seen before can we have for this character you know now that these characters are familiar you can make a triple a game for doctor strange and it can sell copies you know i think i think now's the the perfect time so here's another question he brought up that what that they would be doing some obscure characters too that they want to pluck some characters that are like not well known and like try to throw them in a game and see how that goes can you think of anybody who's like who's like a super like b or c tier like marvel character that like maybe could work for a game and like get their name out there historically or now either or i guess i mean they can't if they're like relevant now then no they're not relevant now at all okay and like historically the fantastic four are a tier oh yeah no right i think that could work but like so my brother's been playing sonic adventure 2 this week and like what is with your fucking family all your siblings are just like i'm gonna go back and play sonic adventure 2 it's not good it's not but like it's got interesting ideas and terrible sound design Uh, and and game design yeah and game design but the whole parallel campaign (laughs) thing is interesting 
Yeah. Definitely. And the like the level based structure and switching back and forth between characters as you move through that level based structure also interesting. That could be, I think, really cool with the Fantastic Four. You do it like, you know, they all play differently. Like, Sue is a, a stealth puzzle kind of level. I have no idea how you'd translate Reed to gameplay. Arms. Yeah. No, Reed is like an arms kind of fighter. Ben's a beat-em-up, and, and Johnny is like, you know, you fly around and do shit. Um, light people on fucking fire <laughs> yeah and then after you finish the campaign then you like beat doom and galactus and whoever you play levels as like doom and the surfer and like you see the story from their side in that same vein like i think it'd be cool if we saw what, what was that game the prison one that we were really in, impressed with oh, from e3 a way out a way out if it, imagine if it was like that like it was like you had to play with four people and, like, you, like, take turns, like, playing as one member of the four. And then when you get in, like, combat scenarios with everyone, you're all, like, playing off each other's abilities and stuff. That'd be a lot of fun. I think there's a phenomenal game there. I, I really do. I'd love to see a Miss Marvel game. Uh, as in... Like Kamala, Kamala Khan. Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that could be awesome. A Captain Marvel game. As in Carol Danvers. Sure. You know, there's 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 so many characters you could you could utilize for games and um a lot of these characters aren't well known to filmgoers right now so i don't know if that counts in terms of their relevance yeah but i think i think that's what he means right is like someone who's not in a movie right like somebody who is like more obscure whether or not they're like popular Ooh, popular i got one i'm just gonna pitch a developer and a name here don't nod squirrel girl <laughs> uh, I don't think we ever need a Squirrel Girl game. I think Squirrel Girl would be really well suited for a Don't Not Telltale style, like, choice em up. <laughs> choice em up? <laughs> Officially what we call those games now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess that could work. I feel like I feel like there's a mechanic there somewhere for taking over squirrels or whatever, summoning squirrels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Or, like, you want to do a throwback arcade title, just like, um, you remember the old, like, X-Men beat-em-ups in the arcades? You put it on yeah. PS4, Xbox Live Arcade, and Switch for 10 bucks, uh, like a Great Lake Avengers game. Yeah, or I think, like, Sean said that with, like, the Defenders would be yeah. a really good pick. Um, there's, I mean, like, there's an endless number of, I think, characters that would work for that kind of game, you know, that's just, like, a solid beat-em-up or some shit like that. I'd, I'd love to see some platformers, man. I mean, like... I feel like uh, like a character like Nightcrawler could be really cool, like using his teleports to like move across the map and like move quickly and like you know like rack up a higher score and stuff like that, or just move more elegantly across the map. Yeah, um, that might be good for like someone like Miles too, you know? Because like I doubt they're ever gonna make like a AAA Miles Morales game while they're pushing AAA Peter Parker games. So like maybe you do like a you know a smaller tier like indie level Miles Morales game. I think there's a good Hawkeye game somewhere. Some like Ooh yeah. yeah. That would be cool in VR too. That could be really sweet. Similar kind of thing of like on the rails, like maybe you're like, you know like you're on a bike and like Black Widow's steering it or whatever and you're just like fucking shooting people on off the back or whatever. Yeah. That'd be cool. Did you read the the um Matt Fraction run? 
No, I haven't okay. yet. I've heard nothing but good things about so it. So but... in the Matt Fraction run, he's sort of he's <laughs> he's the um, landlord of a building kind of deal, uh-huh. and he has to defend the people who live in this building and, and the neighborhood from these um, these track suited thugs who are constantly like trying to mess with them. So you could build you could build the whole game based around that one storyline and. It would be really cool. Could have a ton oh, of oh, like like a tower defense game. Yeah, something like that. Like it would oh, have shit. different scenarios, like the Black Widow idea that you had. the The run was very much that. It was very much like goofy and kind of offbeat and stuff. And I yeah. think you could have a tower defense portion. You could have a portion like the Black Widow thing you mentioned. You could have a lot of different elements in one game. Quirky, fun. It doesn't even need to be like AAA, like first class in that sense. But I think there's there's a lot of fun that could be had with something like that. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good idea. I just want to think of, like, one really good obscure character before we bounce out, you know? Because, like you said, like, they want to pick, like, pluck, like, someone like Guardians. Like, somebody that, like, you wouldn't think of, you know? That, like, that has a game in there somewhere. While we're at it, though, uh, another thing I heard tossed around where I I was listening to, um... Uh, kind of funny talk about this and one of the ideas they threw out was like a uh, top down like Punisher game like in the style of like Hotline Miami yeah <laughs> like that would be tight as fuck that would be awesome also I want to go back to uh, you mentioned Miles earlier I know we didn't talk about it when we talked about the Spider-Man trailer in E3 but they did tease Miles for the game did they? yeah um, it was at the end of like the longer gameplay presentation they did and the, okay. there was like a, a post credit sting, which uh, Insomniac's community director tweeted out afterwards. We put Miles in after the end of the credits of the presser because you gotta have an after credits teaser. Oh, which so is he like? Was he he's like in a scene or something? Yeah, or they he's just... like on the street when uh, Spider Man's fighting Mister Negative in the helicopter. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, huh. which like, um, thinking about it, and you know, looking into Mister Negative after this teaser. It'd be, like, cool if Miles got a level or two because, you know, Mr. Negative turns Peter evil or whatever. Yeah, that'd be fun. But, like, not the whole game. No, yeah. Howard the Duck at all, maybe? <laughs> oh! Howard the Duck game. Howard the Duck by Telltale or Don't Not. That would be my pick. That would be so good. And just do the storyline where he runs for president. There you go. That could be so good. Or something like that, you know? I don't know. Like, just something where it's, like, like basically... Give me, like, Wolf Among Us, but Howard the Duck, and I'm fucking all in the on that. The Duck Among Us? The Duck Among Us. <laughs> yeah, that's a good place to end it, I think, honestly. I don't know if we're going to get any better than Howard the Duck. <laughs> that's a deep cut if I ever heard one. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for episode 10 of the Video Game Pals. As always, if you guys want to get in touch with us, uh, you guys can reach out to us on social media at the Comics Pals on Twitter and Instagram, or send your thoughts, feels, random questions, responses to any of the news items we talked about this week to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com, and we'll read them on the air. Uh, if you're an audio listener, as always, we would really appreciate you liking us on the platform of your choice, jumping over to iTunes and giving us one of those sweet five-star ratings. Six stars or don't rate us at all. <laughs> <laughs> Six stars and bust, baby. Uh, and then if you're over on YouTube, you like the video, share it with a friend, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. You know, get some more pals involved over here. 
And uh, yeah, again, you can check out any of the news items we talked about in the description below or find any of our individual Twitters if you want to hit us up on uh, social media. And until next time, we'll catch you on episode 11 of the Video Game Pass. VGP, 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 VGP.